HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Appeal. Appeal is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. Learn more at appeal.com. This week on Meat and 3, we dive into the science behind munchies, the history of coca, the therapeutic powers of psychedelics, and mushroom-infused recipes. One of the biggest questions we get asked a lot is, does heat degrade psilocybin? The coca leaf was used as a sacred plant. So as a plant that could communicate human beings with gods or mother nature. What you can start to appreciate here is that cannabis is activating and hijacking the system throughout the body. Tune in to Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Jupiter's Almanac. I'm Matthew Rayford, the great, great, great grandson of Jupiter Gilliard, a former slave who bought the land I now farm in Georgia nearly 150 years ago. Through the years, my ancestors have passed on some essential and hard-earned wisdom about growing and producing the food we eat. It's my great honor to share that inheritance with you and to invite you and other farmers from Georgia and around the country to share their tips with you. So if you are just starting out, reconnecting with the land, or a seasoned farmer or cook, join the conversation. This week, our episode is going to dive into regional breads and grains. This is inspired by listeners' question we received. I'm going to bring in Jupiter's Almanac's producer, Kat Johnson, to share this question with us. Hey, Matthew. Yeah, so this is super exciting. We got an email question from Jenny Bardwell. She is the co-author of Salt Rising Bread, Recipes and Heartfelt Stories of a Nearly Lost Appalachian Tradition. So she wrote, Hi, Matthew. I enjoyed listening to your podcast about your land and history. Can you please tell me if there is any history in your past about salt rising bread? This is a bread that doesn't use yeast to raise the dough. Alternatively, it uses bacteria and heat. Not much, around 104 degrees Fahrenheit. And this promotes the growth of wild bacteria instead of yeast. This fermentation yields a wonderful taste and texture. I'm always asking what cultures may have salt rising bread in their history to better understand where this marvelous bread came from. So Matthew... The question is, do you know of anything in the Gullah Geechee heritage and history of salt rising bread? So take it away. 
Well, thank you, Jenny Bardwell, for that um, wonderful question. What's really interesting is I was doing some research, and I saw the amazing information that you have about the salt rising bread and about the way um, one of the wheels, one of the spins that I have was able to see, was able to understand that a lot of times these things are just using the natural yeast that just happens to be floating in the air. The closest thing I found is two different um, recipes. One is a Liberian rice bread that is made with rice flour and ripe plantains, which as they start to ferment, gives it the rise. And then I have a more traditional uh, rice bread recipe that is done right here um, in our local area. So this rice bread is a type of bread that is made from rice flour rather than wheat flour. And I know that the salt-risen bread is mostly made with wheat flour. So because it's gluten-free, it really gives no adverse reactions for anyone that might be gluten intolerant. So this is a really interesting, interesting piece to understand. The Liberian rice bed that we talked about earlier that uses the ripe plantains, uh, eggs, and uses a little bit of baking soda. Um, the rice bread recipe that I have here, which I'm going to share with our listeners today, um, causes for very, very short kind of starter make. And then the amount of energy that's used to kind of like fold this rice and get this rice mashed down into where it's really kind of like fine actually allows for all those things to start to work, kind of like moving that uh, those starches around. And then you are just adding, and it's, again, just like salt bread, there's not a lot of salt in this rice bread either. Um, I think the plantains, um, from what I understand and what I've done in the past, really gives it um, that uh, flavor and uh, gives it the body. It doesn't, it's not as hollow, though, as um, salt bread, um, but it's a lot more dense and a lot more heavier. The only thing that I've been able to find that's close to that, though, is the Vietnamese banh mi. Um, but that's made with a mixture of wheat and rice flour. So I'm hoping I'm able, I was able to answer your question. Um, and I would like all of our listeners to continue to send in questions so I can do more research. We'll be right back after the break to talk more about the history of rice bread and about regional grains and the use of them in various applications when baking bread. This episode is brought to you by Appeal. Here at HRN, we care about reducing waste across our food system, from farms to home kitchens. We know that about half of the produce we grow ends up in the trash. We all want to enjoy produce at peak freshness and reduce the amount that gets thrown away. That's where Appeal comes in. Appeal is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. It's edible, invisible, and imitates how peels naturally protect fruits and vegetables. Because here's the thing, less waste doesn't just mean we're throwing less food away. It also means we waste less water, energy, and other resources that go into growing produce. Appeal works with nature to reduce waste across the food system from the farm to the kitchen. Appeal helps us conserve our precious resources to ensure we have fresh food to meet our growing needs. Appeal. Food gone good. Learn more at appeal.com. Welcome back to Jupiter's Almanac. Well, let's talk a little bit about the history 
of rice bread. So rice culture in the area that I live in is uh, definitely a part of the way of life here. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, McIntosh County, um, part of their largest part of their economic uh, development up all the way until almost the 1930s was rice um, and oysters, as a matter of fact. That's so very interesting also. Um, so that rice culture that was created in that area, um, the rice growing that was done in that area, excuse me, was a cause for there to be estuaries that were cut. And it's one of the reasons that we have uh, the really amazing wild Georgia caught shrimp that we have that come into our area um, that we're known for and the sweetness that they have. But let's get back to rice. So the ingenuity of the slaves at the time were that were brought over were specifically brought over to actually um, produce uh, rice. And so one of the things that happened is when the Civil War got to the point that it did, wheat was something that was cut off um, from, uh, from the soldiers from the South. And so uh, one of the things is that the rice, um, after it had been made into this bread, didn't get sour or moldy like um, like like wheat would. Um, so it held up through travel and all of those things. So oftentimes when I think about uh, creating breads and using grains, it's really about a sense of place. So my sense of place is Brunswick, Georgia, um, and, and we have rice in this area. So using uh, everything from a little bit of rice flour, using Midlands, uh, which is like the broken pieces of rice to actually make uh, this uh, amazing rice bread um, is something that I just it, for me, it's just amazing. I love the crustiness of it. It breaks apart really, really well. It makes amazing sandwiches. It's awesome. Even uh, toasted off and used. Well, my favorite peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Just amazing. Um, and of course, Georgia peanuts, right? To make that Georgia peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We could go on and on and on about just the things that come out of this area that I just love. Um, but this rice um, bread is amazing because it's also like where I get like rice grits from and the like. So using the grain that's local for me is uh, is is really the way. Now, let's tie that all back into that Appalachian um, salt bread, right? So it's the sense of place, right? So they used what they had for where they were to actually make uh, to, to make these two different breads. So what I would consider is the salt bread and the rice bread to maybe be like country cousins that um, have never met uh, and that uh, I think could probably meet now and uh, do some amazing things. Um, at this point right now, I'm even uh, looking at making a uh, Japanese milk bread uh, using uh, rice flour. And one of the things that I've also learned from uh, like doing bread, because, hey, the pandemic has definitely got us into these breadish modes, right? Starters have just been blowing up everywhere. And so for me, what I've done is I've learned to use the original flour that the recipe calls for first. So I have an idea of how it should look or how it should bake or how it should do. Um, then I try to use what's locally milled. 
And I think that that is one of the keys to success when you're using local ingredients and looking for local flavors. Um, And so I I really would suggest that if we're using regional grains, that that we also talk to some of the locals that are in the area and ask them, like, hey, you know, do you remember a bread or a thing that was made when it was made and how was it made? Um, Because some of those little small insights also kind of change how we deal with local grains um, as a whole. So the recipe for rice bread, um, though the recipe for the rice bread will be in the show notes. I would definitely say if you're looking to get um, some of the Midlands or some really amazing Carolina gold rice, I definitely tell you to go to uh, Anson Mills um, and Glenn Roberts and the group there. They are doing an amazing job with uh, rice and rice cultivation. Um, uh, that is just like really amazing. Or if you have uh, someone that's in the area that is also uh, growing rice, like a Congrian pen down in Jacksonville, Florida, um, make sure you go and uh, just patronize them and and buy local. If you got a local miller in the area, um, I would definitely say go to them, check them out, see what you can get and see what you can use. And you know, reach back out to me and let me know how well those things work. So that's the show for now. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Jupiter's Almanac wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Jenny Bardwell for asking the question that inspired this episode. Our executive producer is Kat Johnson. Jupiter's Almanac is also produced by Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by the Joy Drops. Jupiter's Almanac is powered by Simplecast. Jupiter's Almanac is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio. We want to hear from you. Send us any questions in writing or as voice memos that we can help answer on the air at Jupiter's Almanac at heritageradionetwork.org. 